Okay, yes. Hello. 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 We could do that, Three Stooges, right? Can There's we? nothing wrong with that. It's not in public domain yet. All you're it? doing is building a cord. With That's a true. Word, right? right, yeah. They don't own cords. I mean, they don't, yeah. Can't own that, Stooges. You never know, though. Well, we'll put all of our Stoogely cunning into this episode. I feel sure. really good about it. <laughs> I wonder if, did they ever do, um, live on stage performances or was it only for the camera these are things i don't know uh, i don't know yeah sorry everybody but let us know on, so, on the you can let us know at whole nine yards pod on twitter or instagram <laughs> let us know if the three stooges have ever done a live show i could google it faster than this they're gonna take forever but i was doing a thing to like Plug it, yeah. yeah. Plug our thing. Yeah, whole nine yards pod. At whole nine yards pod. Well, the reason I asked. Yes. Was because our umbrella for topics today is the what? Stage talk? Stage. Stage. Not talk. stage coach, stage no. talk. Talk. Yes. <laughs> talk. Talk. Oh, man. So. I feel it slipping. Yeah, I've, yes. I've slipped. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dre would be so disappointed. Many would. Yes. So I have, uh, I'd like to start if Please, I might. Please, that's great. Because it's overwhelming for me. Okay, well it sounds like you're exuberant, so let's, let's have it. What let's do you have? Let's have it. I have break a leg. Oh. Yes. All right. And, and you know. Yeah. I have... Plenty of, or have in my lifetime thus far, plenty of theater-type friends. Yes. I often will have fun with them about the volume at which they speak and this, you know, the seriousness of their articulation yeah. within that volume. Mm -hmm. Those are just fun things I like to, to poke at people with. Great, but, but but you know this break a leg business. Yes, I do. You say uh, you say break a leg, and you don't mean break a leg, do you? No, you don't. You well, mean, if you don't wish them well, you may. But you mean? Uh, are you asking me? Or yeah, you mean a good luck. Good luck. But you don't say good luck in the theater. This is what they tell me. Yeah. Now, I. There's another the one. The theater. Sorry. I'm going to cast a shadow of a doubt. So, there's yeah, one, right? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to, yes. I bet you that's sailing. Sorry, go ahead. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, sailing. <laughs> I, yeah. There's so many. Like, I, I couldn't stop digging. Oh, really? Yeah. Where do you hear? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I thought this one had a specific origin, to be honest. You'd like to think. I did think. So, the phrase break a leg is a jovial encouragement <laughs> said to actors for good luck before they go on stage, especially on opening night. Well. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Break that leg. Break that oh, leg. Oh, oh. I don't really mean it. Jocularity. Right. Yeah. So. I guess you said that thing, the super, so superstitious business about, here's one thing. Yeah. For one thing, Ray 
you cannot ever be in the theater because it's supposed to be also bad luck to whistle backstage. Oh, no. I know. Oh, God. And I've you were a whistling countless. sensation. I, I can't stop. I've ruined so. countless productions. <laughs> <laughs> what? Quiet on the set. So, yeah. It's bad luck to whistle. Yeah, or to say good luck. But, but again, back to my shadow of Adele. All right, shadow me up. Right? Yeah. So here are just 17 of the 412 <laughs> possibilities that I found. Buckle up. <laughs> I'm not going to give you 17. Oh. I, I, I kid. Okay. Because I care. But here's a few or more. <laughs> uh, this is a weird one. All right. There would be a role. This, this one comes up on a couple different ones. There'd be a role that a, a seasoned actor had been playing okay and then they have their understudies right mm -hmm. what's that poor understudy just learns he's like the backup quarterback you yeah know? and uh, and so yeah, that's a hell of a good analogy <laughs> so they uh <laughs> sorry i didn't comment that <laughs> no yeah I, I i got you covered thanks so in this instance you would have a uh, a new actor taking over and it, it is postulated. I like that word. I mm -hmm. use that a lot. Oh, yeah. these, right? Postulation. Uh, it was to go out there and break a legend. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Hmm. <laughs> and then that that was shortened to leg, not buying, hmm. not buying. Hmm. I feel like my skeptical. Mm, no. <laughs> we don't bring those mass sheep back. Hmm. So, <laughs> but all right, but there's but there's more as I've said. Yeah, here's one that I I like, although I don't buy it either. But if you do well, then you get a curtain call and you might bow or curtsy, and when you do, and your knee bends, it is known as breaking your leg. It is a <laughs> <laughs> this is true stories no all right all right i got more i mean hold on to your pantalones so another one suggests that um you go out there and you put forth strenuous effort or break a leg trying or break a leg trying. All right. I mean, Say that again, right? Yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're getting there. Break a leg trying. Okay. Yeah. Right? So, you know, so it. Yeah. So maybe so you wanna, you when you put tell it all. to break a leg, yeah. you're, you're just meaning really be ex give a g exuberant performance. Give, give it everything you got. Right. Yeah, all right. I mean, all right. I won't scoff at it like the last one. No. Or two ago. <laughs> or several of them so far. So, <laughs> hey, scoff, right? Um, yeah. Oh, here's here's the here's the mess sheep for real. Um, <laughs> evoke the powers of celebrated actress Sarah Bernhardt, who had but one leg. What? What? I don't know. I mean, these are the things that people come up with. Why do they do these things? I know. People. I know. Now, right. now, there's there's a couple that you know you go ah gee, 
you know. Gee, Wally. Balling out. That was that Wally one. Did yeah. we do balling out? No, that's on the list, though. All right, we got to do that. Yeah. Here's one I really dislike. <laughs> um, it is said that, I don't know, I guess 18th century, that people would, you know, instead of applause, or why wouldn't you just stomp? I guess maybe if there were concrete floors. Is that concrete floors in the 17th, 18th century? No. Um, no. So, so just stomp. It would make some racket. But apparently they would bang their chairs on the ground, and uh, and then you might break a chair leg. Yeah, yeah I know. I mean, I'll give it again. It's better. I'll and then the worst. The lastly, and if you're still with us, <laughs> praise you. Um, so the sides, those those. You know how the if you look at the stage curtains when they're open, it's like um, it's like hair and bangs mm-hmm. or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's those side things, mm-hmm. and I don't know what. Yeah, I, I, and so those things on the side. Yeah, I knew what they were. I was on stage crew. Well, apparently they're called legs. I was not on oh, stage crew. Yeah. So the the actors in queue, or some say quay, quay. Uh, are lined up over there by the legs, and mm-hmm. if you get to be called out, you break. <laughs> you oh. got it. You break the leg. All right. I know. But it's tough to buy any of these. Good luck. At least we're like related. Yeah. Like bending your knee. Come bending on. your knee. Come on. Now, really, it doesn't seem to be that old. <clears throat> uh, in 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 digging for some of this stuff. You know, if it were the the uh, banging the chairs in the 1700s, it, we would have seen it in print somewhere er, earlier, but we don't really see it until the mid-20th century uh, in print. So that uh, makes you wonder huh. if it isn't something... Yeah. You know what I mean? Huh. Mid-20th century. Wow. Yeah, that's later than I thought. I Yeah. Also, there are some people who think it has this, uh, you know, jumped over from another language mm-hmm. thing. So the Germans have this saying, apparently, it's come up for me time and tomb again, that's Hals and Breinbrook. Hals and, und, Hals und Breinbrook. How'd I do there? Pretty good. And probably. then that meanings. Break your neck and leg. Well, if I'm uh, saying that to you, I've, yeah. you've really done something. Like that seems harmful. I know. Break your neck and leg. Um, but they think that derives from a Hebrew blessing, Hatzlaka Ubraka, <laughs> which means success and blessing. But hmm. I can't find what how There's that no. has a correlation yeah. and. If these sayings were like we say, what what do you what do you call it whenever you whenever you say break a leg but you don't mean break a leg? Irony. Is that really irony, Alanis? <laughs> I mean, no, you're not saying what you mean. You're saying something else. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be the knee one, isn't it? This is really the crux of it, isn't it? So, understudies that were that were in that earlier one that was weak, 
here's an understudy one, which is not weak, <laughs> which is to say, if you were an understudy, you told your principal or whatever, what, what, what would that person be called to you? The person you're studying. Overstudy. <laughs> They're not. A, the principal sounds right. I like that. I always went with it. Yeah. Principal makes sense. Stage people write in and tell me First the folly chair. of my ways. Yeah. What is it called? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's what you're saying. I'm yeah. saying to tell the, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, we waste so many people's time. I know, we're sorry. Sorry, everybody. We really are. Uh, uh, understudy thingy, you, you ingesting, tell them your principle. Let's just call it that for yeah, this story. Go with it. Uh, to break a leg, ha ha ha, so that you can get a chance and mm. that it just evolved out from backstage to front stage. You know how, um, well, hell, I don't even know. Because backstage people, people in the theater say break a leg to their fellow theatricals. Right. right? That's, yeah. Theatricians. They're, yeah, their fellow theatricians. I'm going with that. Yeah. Uh, but we would say it if we knew somebody that was in a play or, you know, your sister was doing a part in a thing, you'd say, right? Break a leg. Even lay you people. just know to say it. Lay right. people. Right. Right. We're not initiated. Well, lastly, I I did not because it's it's a difficult and b I had four hundred twelve variations on what mine might be so I didn't dig and say how did this ever even happen, <laughs> but in the sixteenth century, for some reason, mm-hmm. break a leg meant to give birth to an illegitimate child. Hmm. I know. How or why? Yeah. I don't know. Huh. So I leave it <laughs> submitted for your approval. <laughs> nice. Right? That was better. Nice. I like yours. Break a leg. Break a there, leg. There, Ray. Wow. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had a definite origin, but though uh, I thought that, I don't have one in my head. I cast if. A shadoweth of a doubteth. It's it's the knee one. I'm gonna say it again. It's Wait. gonna be the the bending the knee one probably. Like the curtsy. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. When you bow. Yeah. Yeah. And you break your leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Like well, you break your fast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what? Breakfast. You no, know. I, I know what it is. <laughs> I got that break leg later. Anyhow. Yeah, what do you have? Uh, I have the term ham. Oh, like ham it up. Like ham it up. But yeah, I have that phrase, I guess, ham it up. Which you would use to, in this time, mean what in your mind? Oh, I mean, uh, wow, that's a... I mean, I know what it means. How do I say that? It means, uh, you know... Uh, be schmaltzy, yeah. be uh, over the toppy kind of a thing, you know. Overacting. Yeah, I'll go with overacting too. Yeah, that's that's what we use it for. Schmaltzy. <laughs> schmaltzy. So the facts on file word and phrase origins by a Mr. Robert Hedrickson uh, has a suggestion that one possibility of this word could arise from the actual play Hamlet where the title character, Hamlet, was often played very poorly or in an over-exaggerated manner. But this theory isn't 
to be, it's not the strongest theory, but it's not necessarily to be completely dismissed, I guess. Ah, uh, ham. What's up? Let. Right. That's why. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I just, I just got that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, again, it's not to be completely dismissed, but if it were true, then this term would ar- have arrived in our language sooner than it really did. Since, I mean, Hamlet is 1600s, you know? Yeah, everything so, Shakespeare. I mean, a lot of the stuff, yeah. Yeah. So it has um, a different link to the 1600s, which is that of blackface. Ah. Yes. So it seems to me that this is one of those terms that uh, we can add to our list of racist terms. Really? Ham it up? Yeah. It sounds like it. Um, different. I read different things, um, but it really it sounds like, from what I, I looked into, that it, it has its origins in the blackface makeup of the minstrel shows in but the 1800s. In the who hundreds? 1800s. Okay, because you said we, we can't really trace it back. But they used blackface makeup in Shakespeare, Shakespearean times. So I'm, I'm drawing a link through blackface. Okay. Um, to the modern 1800, well, the modern, the 1800 usage of these terms, uh, or this, what we get to as the kind of definition of it. All right, let's hear it. So, blackface, uh, well, minstrel shows were just, you know, yeah, they, they were the theater of the day, live theater. Um, generally, in the 1800s, early on, they were white performers, and not all of the, of the time, but they generally had slave characters or things like that, where they wore blackface, tattered clothes, and they played these offensive caricatures of, of African-Americans, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this blackface makeup um, was made from burnt cork, and what I found was some of it was mixed with ham fat to like smear it on your face, or fat, rendered fat of any kind. Sure, to make some kind of gloop. Right. Yeah. But I also read that the burnt cork would be enough and that people would use the ham fat as a soap, which it is a soap. You know, yeah, you can use ham soap to get right to get it off of your face, essentially. Um, those were two kind of makeup related uh, usages or, or origins in that. But there is an actual minstrel show called or a song um, called The Ham Fat Man. From the 1863, and it is, you know, pretty racist. <laughs> but not about putting the ham fat on his face. No, he calls himself in the song the ham fat man. I'm still holding out hope that it's not from this at all. I mean, it's <laughs> it's pretty pretty straightforward. <laughs> so I'm testing your correlations here. Yeah, no, the song is called the ham fat man. I know, but he's yeah. not. You say he's not singing about putting it on his face. So I was hoping. I'm saying it's a minstrel song, so it, it it's a heyday of the blackface song. Okay. Called the ham fat man. All so right. I'm saying that some folks postulated that they used it as oh, a way postulate. to get off. Yeah. Right. Get the makeup off, but also there is also a song of a minstrel show called this as well. This minstrel show uh, was 1863, like I said, which was kind of, you know, by the time this came around, uh, African-American people were 
were the stars of these shows. They were doing these shows, but they were only allowed to do them if they wore blackface as well to kind of like hide the fact that they were also black. Um, so they actually had African-American folks, you know, singing these songs um, about just, you know, terrible things going on. But do we have a, a usage like, um, you know what I'm saying, a thread of, or, of in print or something that, that, ex, that extrapolates that to that? Um, I guess the like a what I found was is, is that these usage. actors, again, the, the actors being what they were, at, at the beginning being these white performers in blackface, being playing over-the-top caricatures. So, I mean, in, in that sense, it kind of grew, I think, through the caricatures that they were playing, the over-the-top, you know, portrayals oh. of these things. I see what you're saying. Yeah, making it to to to, to the ham, making it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see these things. Yeah, yeah. Because it's over the top. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, well, yeah. you got. Now we got two idioms that are that are uh, on the crap list. Basically, yeah. But I mean, it's, yeah. But we got a lot more idioms that aren't on the crap list. <laughs> thank sure. goodness. <laughs> Yes. That one I never would have suspected. No. Worst case, I, I I thought that one was going to be something about a pig, but you're telling me it's racist now. Basically, I mean, that's what I found. I mean, this is literally... All right. Yeah. I mean, again... Well, you know our ads aren't oh. on the crap list, right? <laughs> so let's enjoy those. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. All right. Well, we're back, and, uh, you know, I got a word. And mine is a word that I didn't even know existed and didn't use. Okay. And then here it was on my list yeah. to do. And I'm like, why am I? Why is this word on my list? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what do you have? It's a word uh, called merd. 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 Okay. M e r d e. Okay. And I don't think I ever heard this word before in 
maybe I heard some people saying it in this, in their context mm -hmm. and didn't even like acknowledge it or recognize, you know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. Yeah. But there's a good possibility that I just never heard it before. So here's why. It, it sounds familiar, but same, I don't. But it falls into our theater stage talk, stage stuff. Yeah, some uh, also pronounced murd, dung, excrement, <laughs> late fifteenth century feces, excrement, dirt. All right, I know. Definitely heard it then. So I could go on, but it's basically stench, stink. <laughs> you know, it just gets it just gets worse. So uh, you'll like this. Merd is a French exclamation that loosely translates to poop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the poop episode was one of your favorites. Right? It was. Episode it really 15. Is. It was nice. I know. Nice callback. I don't know how that stuck out in my head. Because it was just because yeah, the joy that it emanated. <laughs> saying poop a bunch. Here's where they use it. Dancers use this ballet use this the way stage people use break a leg oh so how ironically huh. i know that i would have it when i just had break a leg and right. now i have mirrored poop a leg mared and it may have poop <laughs> i do not talk this way do you i don't do but you do you so <laughs> hey stop sorry so the, the, you know, it's weird. They needed a different word, and, and, and I don't really think it came about this way, but right. this is what some would have you believe. So the legend goes. Because as if some gal saying, all right, my, my cue is ready, and leaving her backstage pals to go onto stage. Okay. And as if her pals saying to her, break a leg. Huh. We're okay, whereas when they mean good luck, right? But if they say it to a dancer for some reason, it's worse. I mean, like no one <laughs> wants to break a leg out there, folks. Yeah, we're not we're not wishing these things to happen. But the dancers say to each other, "Mared," all right, which is <laughs> oh shit, I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> which is poop, poop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, criminy, poop. Um, I'm gonna so we can just yell out at dancers is what you're saying. Yes. All right. Um, and I don't know. The are they saying have a crappy dance? Right. Have a crappy show. Break your legs in crap. I'm not sure. <laughs> we gotta get some dancers to write in. Well, yeah. <laughs> Except. All right. I, this one's really concise. It's I'm gonna just ruse. bring it right. I'm gonna bring it right home for you, pretty quickly. Bring it on home to me. It turns out that 19th century Paris, and here, here I didn't do my homework on this one, so I have to just work through it. Remember that one French word I said really well, and you were like, "You practiced," and I was like, "Yep." Uh, I don't remember what it was. Same. Um, I'm gonna say Pal Palais Garnier. I know Garnier because it's a shampoo. The shampoo. Pal, pal, so it's Palace. If you didn't know any better and were from Pittsburgh, you would say Palaces Garnier. <laughs> My God. So. <laughs> <laughs> it 
sounds so lovely. Yeah. And romantic. So, so in that place. Flowing. Yeah, get this. All right. So if, if there were a packed house of people and you were backstage with your fellow dancers wondering, how's the crowd? How's the crowd? How's the crowd? How's the crowd? All of those carriages pulling up in front with their horses uh, would create <laughs> piles of dung out front. And if there were many piles of dung, yeah. you would say, merd. <laughs> and you meant that good show, lots of dung. <laughs> and so <laughs> you, you laugh That's like awesome. the, what was the break of bending over knee thing? But this is, uh, this is the real this deal. Is it. No, it, it feels so right. This yeah. feels so right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so that's why you say poop. Poop. <laughs> when you mean good luck to a dancer. That is awesome. And bonus information. I love it. Bonus information. <laughs> if somebody, if you're ever going out doing a ballet performance, right? Yeah, sure. And someone says to you, Merd. Yeah. You don't say thank you. You say we. I say yes. We. We. Yeah, that's the proper response. Don't say thank you. We. Because that like flips the luck all around and doesn't make any sense. Come on, guys. We've got our luck on a very, very tight schedule. Actually, it like just doesn't make sense, right? If somebody's saying Merd, they mean there's a lot of poop Poo. out front. And you, say, and you wouldn't say thank yes. you. You'd say yes, right? Yes. And that, I would say excellent. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. No. You can wrap it. No. Okay. Because you still have a word, right? I meant you can wrap up your section of it. And this. that <laughs> is the definition of the use of the word merd. Ta da! Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That one fills me with joy. Sure. Probably because of the poop. Yeah. Yeah. Poop. Poop. Like, <laughs> so what? You, come on, what do you have? <laughs> um, my stage talk is limelight. Yes, the Universal Dream. Is that a song? Yeah, I don't know that one. Come on, do it's I a Rush. That? Yes, I. Uh, that's not. Come I'm, on, I'm not a huge Rush guy. Hey, you don't have to be. Everyone knows that song. That's a, okay. That's like a popular song. I mean, right? It was a radio hit. Okay, then I guess I do know it. Yeah. Sorry, Rush. I apologize. That's all right. To our Rush fans They're as well. Not I'm not. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. Anything's possible. That's true. I mean, you know, we have, I'm not going to call them fans. Because <laughs> they hate us, but still listen just People to learn something. Uh, you know, all, uh, you know this in India and Europe yeah. and, and all over. People listen to our shenanigans. I haven't been, I haven't seen, and of course the this, this state's. I don't know how big Canada is. I gotta, I gotta no look again. Yeah. See, maybe Getty Lee is listening. I don't know. He might be. Well, thanks for listening. If you're listening, Getty, Mr. Lee, go ahead. Um. So, limelight, uh, is, we use it to mean at the center of attention. Yes. Would you say that's accurate? Definitely. I didn't give you the option. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, our journey here starts with science. We're getting to know a little chemical compound called. Calcium oxide. So calcium cal oxide. Calcium oxide is a white caustic alkaline crystalline solid at room temperature with a molar at mass with a molar mass of 56.0774 
grams per mole. It is a food additive as an acidity regulator, a water treatment agent, and a leavener. It can Wait. Also, what? Is mole short for molecule? Mole. 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 Yeah, mole. It's, a, it's a unit of... Molidness. It's a proportionality... Oh, man. Okay, so it's a... It's a number that essentially describes the amount of particles in the size of a sub in the size sample size that you're measuring, like a, a proportionality of particles per sample size kind of thing. All right, I'll accept that. <laughs> it's been a long time. I think that's right. That's okay. I know mole day is uh, October 23rd. I it's didn't... like 10 to the 23rd is No. An av- it's an Avogadrian number anyway. Okay. Uh, it can be used as a food additive. I said that. It can be used to preserve corpses as well. Calcium oxide. Oxide. And when heated to 2,400 degrees Celsius or 4,300 degrees Fahrenheit. That's really hot. It, yes. It emits an intense glow. Most things would. As limelight. <laughs> oh, sorry. I no, stepped right. right on that. You were. It's fine. That's how, that's how it happens. It's okay. 4,500 degrees, though. 4,350, technically. Gee. So it's, I said 43, but we wouldn't have gotten there. 4,350 Fahrenheit. Emits an intense glow known as limelight. Bec- another name for this calcium oxide is quicklime. That's how you get to the limelight there. Okay, but who's heating it up well, at I'm these gonna, temperatures? We're going. We're getting there. Okay. I thought it was just the opener. Yeah. We've got more information. Come on. Uh, in 1820, get this one, Sir Goldsworthy Gurney. Goldsworthy is his first name. Yeah, that's a name. Right? Never had that one. No. So he is a uh, learned chemist and doctor about London ways uh, in the 1820s, by the way. I said that, I think. During uh, his career, Mr. Sir Goldsworthy, if you will, <laughs> invented what's, what I guess is called an oxygen-hydrogen blowpipe, which is a device which, quote-unquote, safely burns both oxygen and hydrogen together, creating a very hot flame. So this thing, I'm going to describe to you what it looks like kind of in this stage so you can get a picture of what it... <clears throat> so it's, I mean, if you picture like a tabletop mic stand... It's just like standing there. Yes. So there's two tubes up, parallel tubes up the side of it that come to a singular nozzle. Yes. Where the oxygen would come up from one side, the hydrogen would come up on the other side, and they would mix in this nozzle, essentially. So you'd mix the oxygen, hydrogen, light the nozzle, and the nozzle was pointed at a little clamp that was holding like a, almost a piece of chalk kind of thing, you know? Sure. And it would get so hot that that chalk would then glow. So uh, Sir Goldsworthy used this oxyhydrogen blow pipe to, uh, you know, burn stuff and teach people about how to burn things of their own, catching things on fire, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and one of those things was this, uh, this calcium oxide and created this intense light um, that caught the eye of a Mr. Scottish engineer, Thomas Drummond when he watched a demonstration of this blowpipe by uh, one of, really, a person who gave us a ton, Michael Faraday. He's like one of sure. those folks that gave us everything. <laughs> those few like that gave so many. Yeah. Um, so Thomas Drummond sees this demonstration of this limelight, essentially, um, 
and is like, hey, I, I can use this scientifical, look how cool, like essentially Michael Faraday went on these lectures and just showed people how cool nature was. Like, hey, you can do this stuff. Look how cool this is and that thing. Well, I mean, you know, practically, but but then people would see this and take these experiments just for fun and then actually put them into practical use, you know? Because they were kind of like sideshows almost, in a way. So Thomas Drummond sees this demonstration and he's... Uh, he is a, I guess he makes a light for, um, what are they, what are they called? Surveying for surveying properties in 1825. They don't have electricity. He needed a light? Yeah. Cause to see across, he's an Irish, he's a Scottish engineer and the, what it says is the hazy, I'm reading the quote from 1825. Light could be observed 68 miles away and would cast a strong shadow at a distance of 13 miles. The lamp was that okay that just talks about he said something about the hazy irish firesides or, or hillsides <laughs> right down darn it <laughs> but we get it it's hazy yeah there's the so he's the bog and the murk right and we don't have electricity yet in a consumption sense like this where where we can take it where we need it uh like we can't apparently gases we can just like, yeah just roaming yeah, around like, what, with these but like how i also like i didn't realize we all carried around like uh you know cylinders of gases and stuff with us everywhere and these burning tube thingies but he made these uh essentially lamps that could be used for surveying and then kind of goes on to create even more kinds of lamps projection lanterns which are called oh man Phenakidoscopes, phenakistoscopes, phenakistoscopes, I'm going to call it, <laughs> which is really, really, really early fake motion on film. You know, not like... Right. But fake through these this, this light technology. So he creates, uh, like, you know, searchlights on ships, and then we get to its adoption in 1837 where they became uh, the first spotlights for theater. They became the spotlight essentially so how did they harness it and point it like with um mirrors wouldn't the mirrors bust from all that heat so it's like a shuttered room that just points almost you know what i mean like the the it, this so if you turn this mic stand like we talked about you know take it horizontally for wait yeah horizontally and then stick it into like a box with a shutter on the front you yeah, know, it would only shoot the light out the front that way. Right, is what I saw early, early lights, things like that. Um, but as this quote says, "This was not without entailing strong fire hazards." <laughs> the drum and lamp, together with other lighting devices, is connected to the emerging safety laws at the end of the century. Indeed, most theater fires in the century were caused by stage lighting, and they were numerous. <laughs> yeah, I got that from a. Uh, Bulletin of the Scientific Instrument Society, number 127. And I'm going to put a link to that because it really goes into a lot of detail about the this drum and light. And it's kind of, you know, it's cool. It's interesting. And dangerous. But it was, uh, this drum and light was harnessed into a spotlight for our theater actors and caught some theaters on fire. But sure, it was a, it was a spotlight. So to be in the limelight is is not really an idiom it's sort of true at this time you were literally in the limelight <laughs> in the light of the line yeah well that's something 
Ta-da! Come on. I like the ta-da's at the end. We should sure. do that for everyone. Or well, the well, end. Just for this show, though. Yeah. Um, All right, it's theater. Yeah. And scene. Break a leg. Boop. All right, thanks, everybody, <laughs> for... Uh, yes, thank you. ...for coming along this stage ride with us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, send us your thoughts... Suggestions. I'm missing one again. Relative criticisms. Comments. Comments. Suggestions. Yeah. Thoughts. Relative criticisms. Yeah. And we will sleep on them under our pillow. <laughs> Big old nap. And and yeah, and enjoy that. Yes. Um, I already gave you like well, how to get us. We gave them that, right? I think so. Rebecca will come up with the email address, and I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idioms. idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. <laughs> <laughs>